1: And our goal is to provide our listeners the real facts, real stats about our local market. We wanna provide you with the information that will help you make informed moves and informed real estate decisions. Reason I said moves, it kinda slipped right in there is because we have Michael Bronze, the territory sales manager with Meathead Movers here. Good morning.
2: Good morning, how are you today?
1: Good. And you wonder, you know, why is a mover on the radio show? You would be surprised how we're so interrelated. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we have to work together. Uh, Oh, my gosh. People are so thrilled when you can give them a good recommendation for somebody to help with the move. Um, Because that's. You know, the heavy lifting during the escrow gets done by the realtors and the lenders, but the heavy lifting at the end of the escrow is done usually by the sellers uh, and buyers, and and then of course by the movers. Yes. All right, so we're going to get into the logistics of that, Perfect. but we also have another guest here today, and that's Dennis Keithley, uh, a reverse mortgage specialist. And let's see, you are with what? I'm with the Loan Source. The Loan Source. That's Okay, correct. well, that makes sense. Right. And um, kind of interesting because reverse mortgages are really a good option for some people, maybe not good for others, just like all loans. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, a, a 30-year mortgage is great for some people.
0: But not at 60 or 70.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So um, uh,
1: we're, we're going to get into all that. Um, first, because we have a wide variety of talent here today. All right, I made you two smile when I, I said that. I like the word talent, yeah. Don. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to throw out some market stats and tell me how it you see it from – from uh, your lens, because oh my gosh, we're hearing all kinds of things about the market, the market shifting, um, and you know the bubble's gonna pop. The uh, it's go- the, it's gonna crash. Foreclosures on the horizon. Well, let me give this to you. This is the last three months of sales, and now once again, this is local this is from our Fresno multiple listing service so what's happening in Michigan I don't know but this is local and by the way that's how our show got started back in 2008 2009 Um, there was a real need for local news because our Central Valley is kind of a we don't see the extremes that they see maybe in Oakland or San Jose, um, where in fact here's a good one. They, they were a year ago. Some of them were. Some of the realtors were telling us how they got three hundred thousand dollars over asking price. Well, shoot, you could still buy a house in the Central Valley for three hundred thousand. So yeah, their market dropped. Maybe they're only getting fifty thousand over. That's a dramatic drop, quarter million dollars. But. You, you know here in our local market it was wasn't that wild roller coaster that other areas had so speaking of roller coaster here we go and remember during this three months is when supposedly the market shifted mm-hmm. so in April there were 761 sales in May it dropped all the way to 751. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There was 10 less sales. However, June, which should have been, I mean, this is the crash, 776. So June had more sales than April or May. Mm -hmm. Um, So that doesn't look like a crash to me. Now, somebody might say, oh, what about prices though? Uh, Prices are heading down. The median selling price in April, was four hundred and fifteen thousand. In May, it dropped all the way down to four hundred and ten. Okay, now you see, my, you did pick up on my sarcasm there, where I said all the way down. But then in June, it went all the way back up to four hundred and fifteen. Seems stable to me. Um, somebody might say, Ah, but. It's taking a lot longer to sell a home now. Well, in April, the median time was six days. May was seven days. And June is seven days. So for all those people out there that are hearing pessimism, um, that stability is a great thing in the real estate market. Um, and we seldom have it because there's always these outside forces coming in trying to tinker with it. For example, holding interest rates down in the twos and threes. That, that was the Federal Reserve tinkering with the economy, and it affected real estate. Um, anyway, Mike Brons from Meathead Movers. How did – do you see a shift in the market
2: uh, we haven't seen necessarily a shift. We do think that you know some of the things did slow down a little bit, and we did see a, not necessarily a decrease in numbers. We're still hitting like the average numbers we were hitting last year in terms of completed services a month, uh, but we were expecting to hit higher numbers this year, but we think the shift has prevented us from hitting those higher numbers. As a company, we're still uh, perf- outperforming what we did last year. We are still booking up services. We're still booking out days in advance. Um, we're just not booking out as quickly in advance those we used to. Uh, you know, last summer we would book out the entire month of June by the time like June fifth came around. Right now, we're you know we're booking about a week in advance, completely booked out. You know, at various branches. Some branches booking out faster depending on availability. Uh, so i think that's kind of the only major shift we've seen not necessarily like a huge like decline though i, I know fresno we did almost 400 jobs in fresno last year alone
1: okay so I, it sounds a lot like the real estate side of it where so the end result is just as good if not even better than before however there's less, less of a waiting line yes. so if i could put it in real estate terms uh, there were times where i was third fourth or fifth in line at the curb waiting to show a house yes all right now those lines aren't there but the houses are still selling is that a that's, f- good analogy
2: absolutely yeah that's basically what we're saying too like mm-hmm. so' we're, you know instead of getting you know 20 people calling us hey i need to move tomorrow we're, we're still just getting 10 people calling us hey I need to move tomorrow uh, whether or not those 10 people still need to move
1: Mm-hmm. All right, Dennis, now I know you're involved in reverse mortgages, which is not sales or moves, but what are you seeing?
0: That's a good question. Uh, a lot of people would think it's a down market, but actually our volume nationwide has been the same for about the last uh, three months, so actually we're basically going to hit records this year. hmm other thing too, for Fresno, uh, roughly 68 uh, loans a month are averaging uh, reverse mortgages in the general area mm-hmm. under the FHA area of Fresno. So we're just seeing uh, a big need for people and particularly now with COVID and so on, people when to age in place. They want to stay in their home. They don't want to deal with the move. They don't want to deal with, why well, sell now, what am I gonna buy? And the interest rates and so on. So now they're looking at well what about if I cap this untapped equity called the, the equity in my home, what happens if I can upgrade, you know, do some things in my home? You know, make it more friendly. Instead of maybe just having the master bedroom upstairs and go up and down the stairs. You know, as we mature, the legs aren't quite what they used to be. So why not make a master bedroom downstairs? Or if you have some challenges you know put a walkway in grab bars you know if you are handicapped you know can set up for handicapped wider walkways or a place in the kitchen you know so make it more uh, friendly so we're actually seeing more and more interest now uh, what's going on so uh, we look for a good positive year
1: okay interesting yeah so the outlook is bright for in all three of our industries. Yes. Moving, reverse mortgages, residential sales. Interesting. And the way I've been describing it to people is that we've slowed down from 90 miles an hour down to 80. We're still cooking pretty fast. Yes. It, is that what you would see, Mike?
2: Absolutely, yeah, I would say we're about the same. You know, like I said, last summer we were going 100 miles an hour. This summer we're still going 90 miles an hour, but uh, just not, you know, not 100.
0: All right. Yeah, and I'm getting more calls now from realtors, uh, financial planners, and stuff like that. You know, I had two meetings this week. One was a million point four home. They mm-hmm. just want to get rid of that forty-five hundred dollar a month payment. Mm-hmm. Have no mortgage payment. You know, so they take that, do something else, go on trips, and so on. Another lady I had a meeting with on Friday. She just got tired. She wants to uh, not have to keep dipping into her reserve funds, pay capital gains taxes, and so on. And then, uh, possibility to leave uh, six months a year. She can go to Europe. She likes a French-speaking part of Switzerland. I've been to. And so, it just sort of like that is her ultimate goal. You know, I just want to be here. However, I don't want to be tied in. I want to have the flexibility to move. Also, she wants to get a new car, so allow her also to get a new car, some of the cash at the close of escrow, and then also see her friends in the French part of Switzerland.
1: All right, and when we, when we get back from our commercial break, we're going to be talking in the next segment about the logistics of a move, and when does the moving company get involved with all this, uh, and how, here's the big question. How do you deal with escrow delays, so we'll be getting into that. And then later on, we're also going to find out from Dennis, where I, you said you've been to Switzerland. I see that you speak like four, five, six different languages. and uh, I try. Okay. I,
0: I, I try not to embarrass myself or stick foot in mouth, you know, that type <laughs> of situation. All
1: right. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940-KYNO. welcome home radio this is Don Scordino your host and here in the studio with us today we have Dennis Keithley uh, a reverse mortgage lender and we also have Mike Bronze with Meathead Movers you are the uh, territorial sales manager yes how big is your territory
2: Uh, I basically cover Modesto to Visalia and Bass Lake to Kettleman City
1: all right all the way to Kettleman City all right um, so I, in the previous segment, I was saying how your industry and my industry is so related yes. and, and so is the lending industry. I mean, we have to work as a team.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: So I, I'm going to jump right into the tough question. How do you guys handle it when the realtor has to give the seller that terrible call and say, I hate to tell you this, but we're not closing on Friday anymore. Uh, there was a delay. Usually the lenders fall. Right? Oh, God, I'm going to get in trouble for that one. Uh, it, it could have been anything, a repair, uh, an appraisal issue. Mm-hmm. We're not going to close for another week. <coughs> Still going to close, but now you guys at the last minute have to reschedule. How How can you accommodate that?
2: Yeah, so it's actually a lot more common than you think. We deal with that on a constant basis. Last summer, appraisals, I know appraisals were backed up all summer, last summer. Last summer, we were constantly dealing with having to reschedule moves, push them out. Basically, we always tell our clients, you know, hey, the sooner you know, the better. Because then it's always easier for us to push a move out and reschedule it that way than like trying to move sooner than what was estimated for. So basically, you know, Don, you give me a call say, hey, I'm not moving this week. I have to push it until next week. Great we'll see what our crews look like. We have the availability, perfect. We reschedule it. There's no rescheduling fees. There's no increase in charges or anything like that for you. So you know, we just kind of reset the sources for the next day. Now, one thing that's great about Fresno too is we're still pretty close to our Bakersfield branch and our San Luis Obispo branch. So even if you do need to reschedule and if say right now, that day looks like it's gonna be booked out already. Uh, Well, we can start looking to see, all right, well, where are our other resources and our other branches? Can we go ahead and, you know, shift a job over here that, you know, could be taken care of uh, in this area? Can we kick a job to a branch in Bakersfield? Can they kick something to us? And we're able to find a way to accommodate. You know, it's extremely rare if we're not able to make the exact move day happen that our clients want.
1: Well, that's, that's good to know. And are you the one who I'm the, I'm all the that? one
2: coordinating all that, yeah. So I, I will be, you know, reaching out to our operations managers in different areas if I need to. Like, hey, what crews do you have available? Can we shift a job over here? I'm, I would be the one rescheduling, making sure the paperwork's up to date, and taking care of everything from start to finish. And for the public who can't see this, he seems pretty calm. So, <laughs> so I think,
1: and that's what you want in a time like that is calmness. He's that's a former race driver, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ice cold beans. Yes. <laughs> there you go. So let me ask you this one. Okay. The, the realtor nightmare where, and how has <clears throat> have you ever had this happen to you, where everybody's calling it so close, escrow closes, the buyer is loaded up, ready to move in, but the seller is still moving out. And you have buyer and seller moving trucks there at the same time
2: we've actually have had that happen where we were actually coordinating the move for the buyer and the seller in the exact same day and so what we would do is we would actually coordinate it to where maybe the uh, the buyer that's moving in maybe their job starts maybe 10 or 15 minutes later than the sellers so then that way we can get a 10 15 minute head start get loaded up and so hopefully in an ideal world those trucks are pulling out as the other trucks are pulling in
1: 10 to 15 minutes I say that's calling it close (laughs) Uh, now From the realtor's side, here's how I try to avoid that nightmare that I had 25 years ago and I never want it to happen again. (laughs) And and that is, I tell people, be calm, relax. Give it a few days overlap. You know, if if we're planning on closing on Friday, give it, you know, maybe start moving in next Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, This way you have time to go in, clean to your standards. but it also gives uh, escrow and the lender a little time in case something happens on Friday afternoon and it doesn't record till Monday. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah. um, and that doesn't, from the realtor side, that doesn't happen very often.
2: No, we don't. We don't see that too often. Yeah,
1: but it only has to happen once for you to remember it forever. Yes.
2: <laughs> And I'll, I've gotten calls to, you know, again, a, r- a realtor representing a buyer and say, hey, my clients are supposed to be moving in today and these sellers, like, are not they're not packed, they're not ready. Like, like we need them out today. Uh, I'm the person you want to call. That's, I'm going to be the one who's going to be able to try to streamline that and see if we can get someone to the front of the line to get that done. And so it's happened. You know, we've been able to accommodate before. Like I said, it doesn't happen often, but it only takes one time to really set that edge there
1: yeah the one that i'm picturing in my mind now now that i think about it that was back in the early 1990s so i mean we're we're talking 30 years ago but it's still front of my mind because it it was not pretty yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right um so how what does your company do like uh can you actually go and help pack the boxes?
2: Yeah. So we actually just started our, we've always offered packing, but what we've done before is basically we would determine, okay, based on your house, you just need a couple packers. Uh, it's time and materials. And then just however many boxes we pack up. Well, now what we've done is we've actually made our packing all inclusive. So basically all the boxes, the material, the labor, the time, everything's included. And it's the flat rate, uh, you know, and sales tax uh, with our packing services. So How, yeah, much,
0: how much is that?
2: Uh, so our I'm trying to memorize these off the top of my head, but our small packing uh, service we call it our Pro packing uh, is currently 4.95 plus tax, and then 4.95 per box or no no no, for uh, no 4.95 for the entire service oh for the entire uh, 25 box packing service, and then we have our Plus package which is our, a 50 box packing service, uh, I believe uh, that one I think is 8.95, um, and then our uh, last package, our hundred box premium package is currently seventeen ninety five, and then you know plus tax on all those services. And what are the
0: sizes of the boxes that you So use? we bring out
2: uh, all different sizes. We'll have small, medium, large, extra large wardrobe boxes. Mm-hmm. You know, you name it, we have it. Uh, all of our boxes are brand new. We don't reuse boxes, recycle, or anything like that. So you're going to get quality boxes on move Probably day. Are they heavy duty
0: or really thin? Or heavy duty. Okay. Yeah,
2: definitely heavy duty. Uh, you know, thick cardboard. You know, they're not going to be ones that are going to just like, you know, crumble in your hands. Right. Especially like if you move into storage or something like that. You know, the heat's not going to wear and tear on them, you know, within the first couple of weeks. Uh, and so our boxes are interchangeable. We'll bring out, you know x amount of boxes in terms of like you know a certain amount of smalls and mediums but if you know we start packing realize well you don't need any extra large boxes but you do need more small boxes then we just interchange in the small boxes there's no changes in price or anything like that and we just continue to move forward and then you know the bubble wrap the newsprint the tape it's all included already so that way you have nothing to worry about
0: because I have like uh, bow front china cabinets okay so how would you pack a bow front china cabinets uh, well, so are you
2: are saying the contents within?
0: No, no contents are there, just, you know, it's empty, but I just need it wrapped, you know, had clawed feet on it, so I'm really concerned about the glass, because the glass is ex- very expensive if it breaks on a china cabinet, that, that's that's about oh yeah.
2: it. Yeah, so so that that would be taken care of like on moving day basically. So basically okay. what we come in uh, with china cabinets, we, we see china cabinets every single day. Okay. And basically we go, we do what we call bottom-up wrapping. Basically we're gonna lay a pad down on the ground, we're gonna set your item on that pad, We're then going to put a couple pads over the top, tape those together, tape the bottom pad up to it, saran wrap it nice and tight. Wherever there's glass, we put a big X with tape so that way we know hey, there's a glass front here. Make sure that we have this you know tied off in a certain section so that way there's no blunt objects near it. Items like that usually get roped off uh, at towards the end of the truck so that way there's a little bit more. You know safety to them. Okay, sorry, Don. Yeah. No, what, what the d? De-
1: it begs the question now. With the details of your questions, I
0: have to wonder, Dennis, are you moving? Uh, you never know. Okay. <laughs> well, I moved out from our ranch out in Easton into town. So I went to a small twelve twenty-five square foot place. So I had all of my items that were stacked in the third bedroom. So I moved uh, back in January. So I went from 1225 to 1825, so now I get to see all the stuff that was missing that was in there. However, my garage is still stacked with plates, uh, you know, like uh, farm equipment, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, two-man saws, you know, used back in the turn of the century, (laughs) 1900s, sorry, (laughs) not the 20. Back when you were
1: around still.
0: Yeah, I was still out there, you know, with a sickle doing the wheat. Yeah. Stuff like that, milking cows by hand.
1: So I, I in seeing so many people move, I, one thing I've noticed is we as a society sure have a lot of stuff. Key word here is stuff. And then you think back to the 1850s, the 1870s, people were moving across country with a duffel bag. That was the amount of their stuff. Yes. You would not have had a job back then, Mike. No, we wouldn't have. Unless you were driving a stagecoach.
2: Yeah, then that's a possibility.
1: <laughs> All right. So um, speaking of cross-country, do you do uh, interstate moves also?
2: Yes. Yeah, so we'll currently move anyone in California to any of the other 47 continental states and anyone from outside to California. Basically, as long as we start or finish in California, we'll service it.
1: You, you don't do Alaska, huh?
2: Well, yeah, not yet. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure we'll find something to get up there some way.
1: Because my cousins are moving this weekend from Anchorage, Alaska <laughs> oh, wow. to Spokane, Washington. So, uh, interesting to see how they're doing that. All right. Uh, I better call them and ask them. All right. With that, we are going to our next commercial break. But stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940-KYNO. Welcome back. Welcome home radio. This is Don Scordino and it's still July. So we're still playing patriotic music just like we did last week and uh, amazing people coming to America because this is the place to move to. I I had that word move to because of Mike and uh, your industry. Yes. The moving industry. You do
2: international. No, 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 no international. But who knows what happens in the future. (laughs)
1: <laughs> there you go. Well, speaking of international, too, uh, Dennis Keefley, who does reverse mortgages, has quite a background. It, uh, you're from the Central Valley. Correct. Born in Selma, of all places, but you've studied in Sweden, the Netherlands, Germany, and you speak five different languages.
0: And variations of English. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: I noticed that. So... Um, <laughs> What, what made you study in Sweden, the Netherlands, and Germany?
0: Uh, I had some opportunities, <clears throat> educational opportunities, so I just took advantage of it. Mm-hmm. I was a history major briefly at Fresno State, so why not add to my background and uh, live in a country? So I, I had a choice of either going to Sweden or Italy. I happened to put down the more expensive one, which was Sweden, and so uh, that's where I went, so it just allowed me to see other countries, cultures, uh, sort of add to my whole background. And in the Netherlands was just uh, my last or my junior year abroad or my sixth year <laughs> of undergrad. So I just thought I want to go back and study international business. So when I got there, I was totally shocked and surprised. We were on a ca- on grounds of a castle. The castle was from the 1200s. We had 200 students, um, roughly 180, 185 were Dutch. And uh, so all of our classes uh, were either in the castle or other uh, places on campus. And every weekend I was gone with the Dutch. I rarely associated with the Americans. Yes, I had classes, but my goal was to be there, learn about the Netherlands, the people, culture, and so on and so forth. And then I was fortunate to get a stagia or a work study program for Shell Oil. And so I lived with a family in the Hague, and so I took a tram train to uh, the uh, down to Rotterdam, uh, worked for three or four months there with Shell Oil, and came back. And so it was just an unbelievable experience, and I love the the Dutch because their openness to me as an American, and being invited to diff- diff- different events. So my one of my roommates, uh, his famous football or soccer team was Ajax and Johan Cruyff was a golden Dutchman. He was the first one that made a million dollars playing European football. So I saw him when he was a rookie and I played rugby, you know, when I was in the Netherlands. And so he just gave me some opportunities. Germany was just to, I thought I'd go back and learn some German. Mm-hmm. So I went to the Gut Institute, and so I lived <coughs> with a German comp- uh, family. They didn't speak any English, which is good, but the problem was that a Japanese roommate went in, To speak English, I had a French guy that went to speak Spanish, and later on I met a German lady, so then I was able to, you know, learn a little bit more German.
1: So, that probably helps you in your business, having, being multicultural.
0: Well, like the lady I met yesterday was Armenian. Mm -hmm. So, when I live, you know, I think growing up in the valley, the different cultural experiences we have, I always you know, we had the Armenians, we have the Basque, we have the Portuguese, growing up there with the Danes, Greeks, Japanese were some of my good friends, so all of that sort of tied in to mm. my being a little bit aware of different culture differences and it just made me more of a round person so then I can talk on a lot of different things and Don, I see uh, your last name is Italian, were you born here? Or where in Italy was your family from? So it starts a dialogue and yeah. sort of break the ice
1: yeah there you go now let's talk reverse mortgages what is a reverse? give us a brief definition of a reverse mortgage
0: good question all it is is a mortgage all it is what it does is it allows someone the average window is 62 years or older to access a portion of the equity in their home and then uh, if there's enough money, then they they can get cash. The idea is no mortgage payment is necessary. They have to be like normal mortgages; still responsible for paying your property taxes, homeowners insurance, and upkeep. So that's really about it. That's that's the only difference.
1: So is this a fair example? Uh, let's say somebody bought a home for a hundred thousand dollars thirty years ago. It's paid off. Mm-hmm. The home's now worth $500,000, mm-hmm. um, but they're they're living on a small amount of Social Security or a pension, so they can actually tap into their equity and get monthly payments to them rather than from them.
0: Right. Uh, you have a couple of options. One is, like you said, you can. And wouldn't we go and, and meet, say, if Mike, I'm meeting with your parents, your grandparents, so we'd mm-hmm. go through... And by law, we have to give three different examples of different loans that they might qualify for. One of them is similar to like what we call annuity or monthly payment. They can also get cash at the close of escrow. The One of the, rea- uh, one of the reasons why I really like this product is their line of credit. The mm-hmm. so line of credit is there, almost like a HELOC. It grows tax-free, sort of like an emergency fund. You can tap into it any time. You don't have to, but it continues to grow irregardless of market prices so market tanks like it did down in 2008 2009 that line of credit is going to continue to grow irregardless of market prices uh, so it's a great I can't be frozen can't be taken away from you like a HELOC and a HELOC is a, a home equity line of credit my mistake okay or it's like a second mortgage in a way right.
1: yeah um, How about that senior that needs to, they've been in the home a long time, it now needs some improvements, like a new roof, a new HVAC system. Is this a viable way to do it?
0: It is. uh, Part of us being professionals, I want to go out and see the home. Because it's an FHA uh, product, so it has to adhere to safety and health issues. So I want to see if there's uh, painting paint, uh, on the, the the walls and so on out outside also if i'm in the living room i want to be sure i don't see a view of the the sky in the living room mm-hmm. uh, i want to see the condition of the roof uh, there are situations where we can what we call set asides where we can actually have money to be paid for some of the repair work if necessary or if they're behind on property taxes and insurance we can put that in a separate fund where then actually we Uh, or the lenders uh, that we work with, then they put that money aside like a principal and interest taxes insurance, like a normal standard mortgage. So we look at all the options for them. Again, we do what's best for them, not for us and my Mm -hmm. business partner. And by the way, my business partner in Southern California, he actually has a reverse mortgage on his own home. Mm -hmm. So we can walk the walk and talk the talk. Gotcha.
1: Now, the reverse mortgages, have a lot of misconceptions and myths oh really
0: yeah i've heard a few
1: <laughs> you know and a lot of it comes from i'm gonna get flack over this one but a lot of it comes from the children who are thinking
0: there goes my inheritance <laughs> well that's one of them uh there are probably about a dozen mis about the product uh the one is like you mentioned the children however Hey kids, who paid for your education? Who paid for your clothes? And then we'll sit down as, you know, are you gonna help pay for home care for your mom and dad? You know, if they're, uh, you know, what happens if they have this equity will help them stay in the home. And if you're helping out making payments, what does it allow you to do? More importantly, what does it allow your parents to do? And many times, if we're working a financial advisor, particularly, Uh, like the line of credit we can show, where actually with reverse mortgage you can enhance, improve, and live more of a legacy, an estate for the children. So we point that out as actually that can benefit them as well as your parents. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, another um, myth or misconception is um, that you're gonna end up owing more on the house than what it's worth.
0: Very good question. It can happen. Back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, it did. And of course,
1: uh, in your defense, not right. that happened. Not right. only to right. uh, reverse mortgages, right. but the whole
0: market. So w- there are multiple protections, and the one protection I like the best is called mortgage insurance premium, because it's an FHA insured product. So the homeowner is paying zero point five percent annually. So what that does is take care of those situations where if the market, the home is upside down, is the estate, the kids do not have to make up the difference because it's going to a huge insurance pot to cover those situations. So all reverse mortgage does is that the home, the residents of 1415 Fulton Street, that's it. Mm-hmm. So did I answer that okay? Yeah, okay. yeah, you did, but okay.
1: it makes me think of another question. Sure. So let's say the house has to be sold now. Sure. Um, does, uh, well, does it have to be sold upon death?
0: That's a good question again. Can the would, kids keep it on? Right, we would go uh, over that when I sit down is when there's a question that comes up. Well, what happens if my mom and dad pass away? The children, you say, have three options you can sell it automatically. Uh, the kids can buy the home back and pay 95% of the appraised value at the time or whatever it is owed or cash for keys. Here, Don, you take care of it, you sell it. Mm-hmm. So it is in increments of three months, so the family actually has up to one year to make that decision. That's another reason why I like this product because in a normal standard mortgage, we're roughly in 30, 45 days if there's a mortgage in the home, the kids are gonna to have to start paying for that. So this allows time to decide what to do, you know, to move, get set up, find a realtor to list it, such as Don Scardino, and so on and so forth. So I like it gives options without pressure, you're under the gun to do something that may not, may not be to your advantage.
1: All right, so you've given us an example or two of why it uh, it's good for some people who are in that situation Hmm. what's an example of somebody who should stay away from a reverse good
0: question a couple examples one if they're going to move in a couple years i will not do that for them okay if they're a spendthrift because when i started nine nine and a half years ago at that time you could get all the cash at the close of escrow however now you only can get sixty percent of what you qualify for, so if they have, they have that habit of spending money, I want to be very cautious. Okay. Also, people might be a scam, meaning you know you have a, a cousin or a grandchild that wants to have money, invest in something. Also, they're going to invest in annuity. We asked; there are like two or three p- pieces of paperwork. That says Don or Mike with the money you get, are you gonna buy an insurance product such as annuity? So we're very, very careful. So if it's not right for them, I don't want them to do it.
1: And I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I'm thinking, and this is many years ago, um, a guy passed away, his son took over the property, and he owed a ton of money on it, but the house was full of stuff. Well, you know, a good that person that... Even he had movers. I don't know that you would have taken the job. <laughs> it, it was that packed in the gills. Right, right. But but the story is, he in his older days, he just started ordering things online. Right. And they were coming left and right, and it was things he couldn't ever use and obviously never did use. So that's good, like when you say about a spendthrift. Uh,
0: all right. So those are the three examples. I mean... What we always suggest at least sit down with a professional like myself to understand how it works. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, other myths that people think well, the bank owns the home, they don't. Okay. And then there's multiple steps and protections for homeowners that I like. I would not have done this product 30 or 40 years ago. It was a horrible product. and The only one that benefited was the bank or the credit union. But since 87, 89, with all legislation in hand and the improvements each year for the product it's getting to be a better robust product and plus my business partner I always look out for you Don or Mike we're looking for your best interest not us
1: it, and that's a true professional that will look out for the client but then ironically what happens that client ends up looking out for you and giving you referrals and, oh, that, really? and that's how you build oh, a business
0: does it work that way Don <laughs> it should oh, okay <laughs> But with that thought,
1: we are going to our next commercial break. Stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940-KYNO. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And we have Dennis Keithley in here, a reverse mortgage lender. And also, Mike Bronze with Meathead Movers. And um, we've had a good show today because we, we've taken two entirely different topics and yet blended them somehow, um, much like we've done here in America. Ooh, that was a good statement. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and um, that's because July is our patriotic month. I got to tell you, my mother, who was from Italy, her absolute favorite non-Christmas or non-religious holiday was Independence Day huh. and uh, yeah she she I mean it was special to her because it, hey, it meant a lot to her alright so <clears throat> I want to go back to Mike with Meathead Movers first of all how did you get the name Meathead Movers
2: yeah so uh, basically the our owners of the company they're two brothers they're you know high school athletes college athletes and you know love to work out, love to be in the gym. And so, you know, they would just get, you know, people at school, would be like, oh, you know, you guys are just a bunch of meatheads. And <laughs> that's kind of where it started <laughs> from there. And basically, as they started to begin this uh, journey and begin this company, uh, you know, they wanted to change the meaning of meathead. They don't want, you know, they don't want you just to think of just like, you know, just some jock. You know, we want to be that clean-cut student-athlete. Uh, that's coming into your home taking care of everything for you and uh, that's kind of where it all started for them
1: okay makes sense plus the fact that people are going to remember that yes yeah Um, it's not like ABC movers
2: right yeah it's it's something that stands out all right Um, I have a question for you on
1: moving how should how soon would you advise people during the escrow period or the selling process reserve a time
2: yeah so I would say that you know the sooner the better um, I would you know we've always recommended you know at least a couple weeks in advance to guarantee that you know we have availability um, uh, to make sure that we can orchestrate everything properly for them to make sure that we're setting their service up for success um, with that being said I think the kind of the, the one the rule of thumb that's always kind of worked is like if you've been given a estimated close of escrow date now is the time to start reserving. Because then at the end of the day, like I mentioned earlier today, if something happens and it gets pushed back, great. We can go ahead, we'll reschedule. We've already got you down for you know your crew. So we're just gonna push it out a day, no harm, no foul.
1: Okay, here's a question for you. Okay. So let's say there's a glitch in the timing. In, in other words, they have to move out this Friday, okay. but they don't get possession of the new place for another two weeks or three weeks. Can you load up everything and just keep it on your trucks?
2: We do, yeah, that's actually happened before and I'm actually working with a client on that right now, uh, where it's like, you know, whether it be a couple days or something like that, basically we just have like a a storage fee that we can do where we keep everything locked in our truck in our facility uh, and, you know, basically it's just a a charge per truck per night, uh, so depending on you know if it works for the client then that's great if they have another scenario where you know oh hey like i'm just going to move everything into storage and then can you come back in a couple of weeks and grab it and take it back to my new house we could also do that as well
1: i got to tell you what i love about interviewing you is i've thrown out some of the hardest situations <laughs> the ones that are nightmares and mike's here calmly saying yeah i've actually got one of those going on right <laughs> now <laughs> yep. it, so i guess there was no need for me to panic and it and I'm basically a calm guy myself. Yeah. So if I started to get anxiety, imagine the clients.
2: Right. Exactly. And, you know, it's funny you say that because I, again, same thing, sitting down with the client the other day and she turns to me and she's like, Mike, do you not have an answer for like any question that I have like and, or any problem that I'm facing? And honestly, I had to sit back and think I was like, I don't think there is something that you can ask me that we don't have something to either help you find a solution or have a solution ourselves for.
1: Okay, as a good realtor, I'm sure I could find one, but I it. We only have one hour on the show today, yes. so I'll have to think about this for a while. Um, so for that person who thinks that they just got to get their friends over and and with plenty of pizza and beer for the weekend to get them all with all the everybody they know with a
2: pickup truck, yeah. I, well, the alternative is, you, do you give free estimates? Free estimates, yep. So I. Uh, as our sales manager I go out I'll be the one who'd come to your house inspect the house with you go through the entire logistics of the move you know we break it down from you know every single item that we're moving to uh, you know how far we're driving to to the layout of your home you know if you're on the second floor apartment move into a two-story house whatever that might be you know moving into storage We plug all of that in and then we give everyone accurate uh, estimates uh, for their moves. And so we call it our not to exceed price. So basically once I have everything mapped out for you, we say, hey, right now, this is your current not to exceed price for your move. If uh, for some reason the job takes longer, as long as you don't go out and buy a bunch of pianos and try to sneak them into the truck on move day, this is going to be your end price for the day. Now, again, vice versa, if we finish the job faster that day, too, you're only going to pay for what was completed. So I tell my clients, look, if you're looking at a not-to-exceed of seven hours today, but we do it in six hours and 15 minutes, you're only going to pay six hours and 15 minutes with us.
1: Okay, excellent. That, my example there made me think back to when I was younger and I bought a pickup truck. That was a mistake <laughs> because every one of my cousins, my sisters, would call. And, of course, you know, back in college days, yeah. people move more often.
2: Oh, absolutely! So
1: every six months, I was moving my cousin, or my sister, or so I never should have bought the pickup truck. Uh,
2: I'm the I'm the first person any family member or friend calls, like, "Hey, uh, can you help me move something?" Or, "Hey, can you help me? You know, I'm moving out of my apartment this week. I'm the first person anyone ever calls. Uh like, "Hey, I got a U-Haul. Can you come give me a hand really quickly? I got, like you said, I got pizza and beer for you. You know, and uh, pretty soon, the, the pizza and beer starts to get old, especially yeah. for moving furniture in the Fresno heat.
1: <laughs> That's right. Dennis, what do you want people to remember most about today's discussion on reverse mortgages?
0: Uh, Thank you for asking, Don. I think the the biggest thing, it's not what you really think it is. So what I would suggest to me, whether it's me or anyone else, but talk to a reverse mortgage specialist. I'm a broker, so be sure you're not just working with one lender that may or may not be able to help. It's not for the desperate like it used to be uh, years ago, it's really become a, a rich, robust financial product, meaning that you can leave a legacy. You know, like you asked a be before. There's money set aside if the line of credit is right for you. Also, it help with future health care advances, emergency uh, situations, health care, uh, so on and so forth. So it's a lot different than what, which you might know. So please talk to a professional. I also suggest. I want the whole family, the decision makers at the breakfast table, so I'm going to answer all those questions for them so they are on the same page. Thank you, Don. Okay.
1: Yeah, thank you. And Mike, what do you want people to remember most about today's discussion?
2: Uh, I think for today, uh, I want them to remember most that there's probably not a problem that we haven't faced and that we're willing to help them, you know, find a solution for.
1: Okay. Excellent. How about, how about yourself, Don? Right. Okay. Hey, thank you for asking, Mike. I want people to remember the stats that we gave, the local stats. Um, it does not show that the market is downshifting. I'm going to say it's shifting because we don't have as many weights at the curb, but the sales are still happening. So it, it may be a shift, but not a downshift. And with that, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to Welcome Home Radio. And we'll be back again next week. Thank you very much. We'll see you all.